I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Another episode of Pat's Daily brought to you by our friends at FanDuel and SeatGeek. You'll hear more from them later on in the show. But it's the best day of the damn week. Wednesday means we're talking college football. And uh, before we do get into all that, first, Alex, how are you? And after that, I want your thoughts on Ramondre Stevenson because news just broke. This is a college show, but we got to acknowledge that he's officially been placed on injured reserve it was expected but you know if you have any thoughts on the move feel free to share after you update us on yourself yeah i'm doing good taylor uh on Ramondre, i mean it had been reported he was going to be out for the year they needed cornerback depth so i think this is just uh confirmation what we already knew but you hope he comes back next year uh picking up where he left off because i thought he was playing well before he got hurt absolutely i mean Again, this was something that was already expected. If he had come back, it would have been a major head-scratcher and a weird move. But as Ian Rappaport added after he tweeted out the official move, you know, it just wouldn't have made much more sense for him to come back. So that's quick. We're done with that. More importantly, the Patriots, with their win over the Denver Broncos this weekend, kind of messed up the draft pick order. So they were number two overall. By winning, they slid all the way back down to the fourth overall pick. Before we get into the scenarios, we're going to break down all the things that still can happen with two games left, and Alex has his thoughts on that. But what did you think? Like, was this a disappointing feeling for you? I was conflicted as hell. I didn't know how I was supposed to feel because you love to see guys that work so hard um, and have still bought in considering the circumstances battle and pull out a win on the road. Great for them. But at the same time, they gave up the second overall pick. Yeah, look, I, I think if people want to root for draft positioning, that's understandable. Like, I'm, as a draft guy, disappointed. It would be the higher they're picking, the better it is for me. Uh, I'll never fault the team for winning a game, though, and I've said this before. If you want to place blame, place blame at them when we get to April or May and they don't trade up. Mm-hmm. That's really the point is that's kind, I, it's kind of the price of doing business in the NFL. And it's not like they're hitting on those second or third round picks. They're going to have to deal anyway. They, they're not going to, it's not going to cost that much to go from four to three. It's not like we're talking about them, you know, moving up from 20. So mm-hmm. it's hardly the end of the world. The NFL draft is also, isn't nearly as predictable as a lot of people I feel like are treating it. We, everybody's, Oh, well, you know, the top three teams are all taking quarterbacks. So they're screwed. I, I, I don't think it's a lock that the bears take a quarterback. I don't think it's a lock that the Cardinals take a quarterback. If they don't, yeah, maybe a quarterback goes in those spots to a team trading up, which again, Patriots have the most ammunition to trade up with that number three pick. They should be in the market for that. Yep. All right. So we're going to take a look at the draft order as it is now, and then we're going to go over some of the scenarios. Share my screen real quick. All right. So as it stands right now, the Chicago Bears, because of the pick from Carolina, still number one overall. It really looked like the Commanders and Panthers were going to help the Patriots out a little bit with a win this weekend. But of course, these teams are where they are for a reason. Even Jacoby Myers couldn't dig the Commanders out of the hole that they dug themselves. Uh, So number two. 
We've got the Cardinals. Uh, number three, we've got the Commanders. Patriots once again at four. And then in kind of the same neighborhood where if the Patriots end up winning another game, uh, that's going to put them in the – obviously things are going to change based on the week. But when we're looking at five-win teams, the Giants, Chargers, and Titans are all in that area. Now you think which of these teams are probably going to be looking for a quarterback. The Giants, they just signed Daniel Jones to a ton of money. They yeah, they really can't, which is a – you talk about teams that are in a really bad spot. Like that stinks for the Who Giants. Who would you rather be right good. now, Taylor? Patriots or the Giants? Oh my God, the Giants. Not even I mean, the Patriots. I'm sorry, the Patriots. Okay, not yeah. even close <laughs> because they're locked into a horrible situation. Right. Uh, then you got the Chargers. They're locked in with their quarterback. The Titans are interesting because Will Levis is playing well for them. I think they'll probably give him another year, but it's kind of a similar situation with the Patriots. Or maybe they just spent a you know pretty legitimate pick on Will uh, Levis. Yeah. So it's not like they can necessarily are a shoe in to jump into the pool but it's kind of a similar thing to the Patriots where it's like all right is this guy our future or is he just maybe a really really good backup and because we have a premium pick maybe we try to capitalize on him with a quarterback so they're another team that could possibly be in the mix and then the Bears once again they got two picks Justin Fields has been playing pretty well for them lately hasn't been perfect you know the passing is still a little shrieky but he's such a ridiculous athlete that you know it does make that conversation interesting but they could be in the mix the Jets, of course, we've talked about it. They're probably yeah. going to be in the mix for a quarterback, whether that's, you know, they you get a good uh, – oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I don't think they are in the first round because they are they are clearly, if we've learned one thing about the Jets this year, they are petrified of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and how is Aaron <laughs> Rodgers going to react to them? And, and Rodgers is kind of buddy-buddy with Zach Wilson now too. I think part mm -hmm. of it is because he knows Zach Wilson is not a threat. Uh, I'm not convinced – look, they'll probably take quarterback day two, maybe early day three. Like, they need the next guy. I don't think – Rodgers is going to want help, and I think the Jets go get him help. I was going to say, yeah, that's the kind of pick where they probably take, like, or they trade up or something, try to get a Joe Walton, Olu Fashanu. Last year, they tried to stand pat, get Broderick Jones. That obviously didn't work out. Then they panicked. Uh, so it's possible we see them try to make a move to get Aaron Rodgers some more protection because the dude didn't even make it through a quarter uh, before he got injured. And then, uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, that's pretty far. Patriots can't get in that territory. But that's the pick with the top nine. So now we're going to go over some of the draft scenarios. Now, it is very important to emphasize these can change drastically. This is just the best we can do right now. So we have something to talk about, some idea of where the Patriots draft position could end up through the next couple of games. So if the Patriots lose out, all right, if they take L's against the Bills and the Jets, they are locked into a top four pick. So that's still pretty good because if you're at four, like you said, you want to trade up to three or two, get one of the uh, elite quarterbacks or, you know, that top tier, like a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, you can do that. Or if you really like Jaden Daniels because he's right under that tier, in my opinion, based on what I've seen so far, then you can try to make a move maybe to get up to three if you need to. Or you stand pat based on how the board falls and you get him at number four. Uh, they can lock up the number three overall pick with a strength of schedule tiebreaker against the Commanders or if the Commanders win a game. Now, the Commanders are going to finish against the 49ers and the Cowboys. So, again... It depends how that all shakes out. I'm not a mathematician. It's why I cover football for a living. So I'm not going to be the guy who breaks down, you know, exactly how that works out or what the scenarios are for them. But with the 49ers and the Cowboys being such good teams, it's more likely that the commanders are going to end up uh, with the – the Patriots are going to end up, rather, with the tiebreaker over the commanders if that happens and they'll get the three pick. And they can reclaim the number two overall pick. If the Cardinals end up winning a game and get themselves behind and the Cardinals finish against the Eagles and the Seahawks. Now, the Eagles are obviously down a little bit. The Seahawks aren't in the best position either, even with Geno Smith back. He had that game winning drive, of course. So, you know, they're not 
exactly, you know, in a horrible position. Uh, but they seem like games where maybe Kyler Murray pulls it out, but probably going to take L's there. Uh, any thoughts on that, the likelihood that they're actually going to lose their next two games, the Patriots? Uh I mean, I, I the, the Bills should beat them. The Bills are playing well right now. I think the Jets is certainly a game the Patriots can lose. And it would be funny if the Jets finally snap uh, this losing streak because, what is it, 15 in a row the Jets have won against the Patriots? So. It'd be kind of, Jets, yeah. Or, yeah, it would be kind of funny if, if the Jets snap that losing streak in a way that actually helps the Patriots out. That would be very Jets to snap the streak in a meaningless game that a loss is better than a win for New England. So, I, yeah, I... I, I do think there's a good chance Patriots went out, but that Jets game is somewhat of a toss-up. Also, how hilarious would it be if when the P Patriots finally get back to sweeping the Bills, it knocks them out of the playoffs or I something mean, like I, that? I, like, part of me wants them to win just because of how much I hate Buffalo, but right. I understand, yeah. yes, draft <laughs> positioning. It's 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 a really weird time, man. I have so yeah. many mixed feelings. But and the nice thing is, is that they can't like the Patriots can't totally shoot themselves in the foot. Like we're not talking about them sliding back to like 16 where to get back into the top five. It's a massive reach. You right. know, it's they could be in much worse positions. If they win one game, they're locked into a top seven pick. So a little bit better, you know, not a huge difference maker there. But still, when it comes to trading up and the value of moving around the board, those things do matter. If the Patriots went out. They still have a top nine pick, not even top 10. They have a top nine pick. That's because the Raiders beat the Chiefs this weekend. So based on that, it, <laughs> I, I'm really feeling like the Patriots could get at least one win. I feel like it's going to be against the Jets. But even still, you know, there are some different options that we have here. So before we actually get into those dive too deep, I want to throw to our friends, over at FanDuel as soon as I find the ad over here. All right, there it is. We'll be right back. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. You know it's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math. and I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, Alex, so we've had a lot of discussions assuming the Patriots are going to have a top two, top three kind of pick. But based on the scenarios we broke down, the worst pick they can get right now is the ninth. So based on that, let's live in a scenario where Caleb Williams and Drake may have been taken with the top two picks. And we'll go through the different scenarios. So like I said, the Patriots can get a top four pick if they lose out. If they get three or four. Are you comfortable taking Jaden Daniels there? If uh, Obviously, if they lose out, Bailey Zappi is pretty much locked in as he's not going to be the starter next year. If he wins out, I think it's an interesting conversation. But if they lose out, 
Do you take Jaden Daniels? Do you trade back, try to get some more capital and get him later? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I absolutely take Jaden Daniels. I think if you have mm-hmm. a chance to take a quarterback with his ceiling, you have to do it. You, ha- you have to do it. You mm-hmm. can't pass in, in the situation. You're, you're going to pass on Jaden Daniels because maybe just maybe Bailey Zappi's okay. Right? Like, even if Bailey Zappi is, let's say th- what we've seen the last three weeks is who Bailey Zappi is, and I know they're two and one, but okay, they put up 19 points on offense last week. Mm-hmm. Right? The Steelers game, you got one half of good football. And then uh, why am I blanking on the game that was in the middle? You got uh, the Chiefs. You got like sort yeah. of one half of good football. So, yeah, I still think that the quarterback is – the position of quarterback is what it is. You need to go get a guy with a guy like – I wouldn't force it, right? I'm not going to like freak out and take Michael Penix that high or Bo Nix that high. But if Jane Daniels is on the board, I think the Patriots have to take him. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, the draft is unpredictable and you really don't want to be the team that, you know, trades to five because you're thinking, oh, you know, they're going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Joe Alt's going to be off the board. We got our guy. Somebody comes and swoops him out from under you. And then you have to settle if you want a quarterback for either a developmental guy or a pure pocket passer. A little historical context on that. The last time a team traded down from a top 10 pick and took a quarterback in the first round was 1995. The Panthers traded from one to five to Kerry Collins. Steve McNair went third, by the way. So that just, it shows the way teams approach the quarterback position in the draft. And I think correctly have you, if your guy's on the board, take them, take Mm -hmm. them. Because how many, you know, the number of quarterbacks that have been traded up for in that time, it's, it's a lot. I don't have the exact Mm -hmm. number, but it's a significant amount. Um, if your guy's on the board, you take him. You don't flirt with it. Let me put it this way. If you think a guy who's going to win you a Super Bowl is mm-hmm. sitting there, is there anything worth risking moving down two spots? You're going to oh. get a third-round pick. Is that worth some Super bizarro <laughs> thing happening where now you lose the guy that you think is your future Super Bowl-winning quarterback? It's not. So is it maybe a little bit of an overdraft? Yes. People thought the Chiefs overdrafted Patrick Mahomes in 2017. Right. Yeah. Is anybody talking about that anymore? Not really. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the point. If you hit on the pick, it's all well and good. And if the guy isn't good, doesn't matter whether you took him in three or five. You have a bad quarterback. You got to start over anyway. So if your guy's on the board, you take him. And if you're going to overdraft at any position, it's going to be quarterback. Because no one's right. really going to give you crap if you take, especially a Jaden Daniels. It's not like you're shooting for a Penix or a Bo Nix where there's like, yeah, no, legitimately you should have waited. And that was really bad. Jaden Daniels is one of those guys with his talent, as you said, you really want to pull the trigger because it's so easy for somebody to take him out from under you. So if they end up winning one game, so I'll try to make it interesting and say that Bailey Zappi plays really well against either the Bills or Jets defense. So if he struggles against one of those defenses, like that's what we're expecting. But if he has a game like he had last week against the Broncos, where it's, oh no, he looks good in the pocket. He's moving around. He's making plays off schedule. He's throwing really accurate deep passes. If that happens, does that change your mind at all? Do you feel like, okay, maybe we get – because we were talking about this in the uh, media workroom. Like, uh, maybe you get Joe Alt because, again, that is probably the second hardest position to get a true franchise player. Where you lock him in for 10 years, you say, this is our guy. We don't even have to think about this position. Do you start flirting with that, or is it still we're taking a quarterback? No, because you got to go by the entire body of work. That's just mm-hmm. the reality of it. you got to go by the entire body of work, and at best, he's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And you can't win with an inconsistent quarterback. So I, in, unless he re- like, I, 
I just, I know what I've seen. I know what I've seen him. I think he's done a good job. I think he's proven he can be a capable backup, a bridge starter, a spot, spot starter in this league. But you're starting from scratch anyway, right? You might as well sp- swing big. What's Bailey Zappi's upside? What's Jane Daniels' upside? If you get the yeah. best version of Bailey Zappi, you should be you should be counting on yourself to get the best version of whatever player you have at quarterback. That should um, and I that might not be the Patriots' approach, but it should mm-hmm. be. If you're counting on yourself to get the best version of whoever you have at quarterback, is the whose best version is better, Bailey Zappi or Jane Daniels? I think that's an easy one. I do think I absolutely agree. I really got no notes there, especially considering, okay, you talk about even if the offensive line, you don't have that franchise left tackle and you try to do your best, but it's still not a great unit. You're going to get a lot more out of Jaden Daniels with a bad offensive line than you're going to get out of a Bailey Zappi just because he's stuck to the pocket. And you can move it, give him a big gap or something like that, but it's not the same. Let me be clear. This is not me saying that the offensive line is fine. This is not me saying that the wide receiver room is fine. They're not. And those need to be addressed as well. But the reality is good quarterbacks don't come available. There's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft. There's some good tackles, but there's always one or two good tackles every year. There's never, ever, like the whole thing about good quarterbacks being available in free agency and via trade, I know that's kind of become the norm in the last couple of years. That's because there was such... Uh, an overflow of talent at the quarterback position in the 2010s more than the league has ever seen that it created this kind of anomaly where you saw guys like Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Phillip Rivers, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan changing teams. I think Rodgers was the last, like who's next from that group that, that they've all aged out now. I know some people say, Oh, you signed Baker. The Bucks are idiots if they let Baker make yeah, it. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's they not are not anywhere. letting that guy out the door because they don't want to be in the spot the Pats are. You, I, I say this all the time, Taylor. The worst place you can be is in, in the quarterback carousel. That mm-hmm. is a scary, scary, scary place to be as an NFL team. There's a reason I held on. You guys kind of got after me for holding on hope, holding out hope for Mac Jones as long as I did. Part of the reason for that was I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be in the quarterback carousel because it's terrifying. So you still need to address tackle. You still need to address wide receiver. But there's other ways to do that, whether that's uh, Troy Smith or Jonah Williams in free agency. Or you, I think like you can get a guy, Patrick Paul, early in the second round, who's maybe not a potential all-pro like Joe Alt is, but I think it's a plug-and-play day-one starter and is going to be a good, capable NFL tackle. There's wide receivers in this draft that are going to go in the second round that I have first-round grades on, guys like Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell. You also have T. Higgins is going to be available. Mike Evans, if the Bucks have to pay Baker Mayfield, they may not pay Mike Evans. They may say we're going to go young wide receiver. He could be a guy that's available. There's also future years because the major- almost every year, there's three or four first round graded instant starter offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Most years you get that at wide receiver. Last year, I think, was kind of a fluke year where you didn't. But most years you're going to have good wide receivers. The, the way it's going with quarterbacks right now, there are not, it's not guaranteed you're going to be able to draft a quarterback every year. We were talking about the 2022 mm-hmm. class uh, earlier uh, earlier in the day, Taylor, off the air, that 2022 quarterback class where Kenny Pickett was the only first rounder. Your face says it all. Malik, <laughs> but like Bailey Zappi might be the second best quarterback in that class. Uh, actually, Obviously, yeah, yeah. Brock Purdy, who went last, and that's, 
yeah, if you're going to have the Niners offense, great. You can afford to do that. Show me what the, how the Patriots offense stacks up to the Niners, and I'll tell you they can wait until the seventh <laughs> round to take their quarterback. Uh, there's more and more classes like that. I think even this past year was not a great quarterback class. I didn't love, and this is going to sound like revisionist history, but it'll be great, Taylor, because nobody lets me talk draft outside of being relevant to the Patriots. Now I have this show to go back. Bryce Young's a decent prospect. I didn't love him. I thought CJ Stroud came with his risks. Obviously, he's panned out. Houston did a great job. Anthony Richardson was a pure project quarterback. And then that was kind of it in terms of potential starters. And uh, Albert Breer had this report, I think it was last week, and I agree with him. You go back to that 21 class, and you put all the quarterbacks in the same draft. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence is still 1-1. Caleb Williams is two, Drake May is three, and it's probably between Jaden Daniels, C.J. Stroud, and Justin Fields for four. Mm. So you're not guaranteed. You, you can't necessarily say we're going to push it to next year. These things change drastically with the transfer portal and all that. Like this year, we didn't. This time last year, we didn't know Jaden Daniels would be an option. But mm. look, if that's the game you want to play, Shadur Sanders is going to go one-one. So you're counting, are you going to have the worst record in the league if you add a, a good tackle, a good wide receiver? The other guys who are projected first round picks, Cam Ward is kind of a similar, uh, less polished Jaden Daniels. The other guy, these are the other guys projected to go in the first round right now. Riley Leonard, my comp for him is Sam Ellinger. Tyler Van Dyke has got benched at Miami last year. Uh, Will Howard is an NPC quarterback. I mean, like he's fine, but he's not anything to get excited about. And then that's it. The guys who are supposed to be the elite quarterbacks in this class, Drew Aller and uh, Kyle McCord both sucked this year. Like McCord had a transfer out of Ohio state. So right, yeah. you were playing a dangerous, dangerous game. If you say, ah, I'll get the quarterback next year. You might not be in a position to get a quarterback next year. There may not be a quarterback for you to get next year. You mm -hmm. don't take chances. And this is why I still stand by Mac Jones was the right pick even if it didn't pan out because you, what would they have done the next year? And it's not like they had any other options in the class either. Exactly. Like, that Mac was their Jones best was option. the only guy who was an option. And if they'd waited the next year, they probably would have ended up with Kenny Pickett. So great. You still get Mac Jones just one year later. When you <laughs> Tiny have hands, Mac Jones. <laughs> right. Exactly. When you have a chance to take the quarterback, you have to do it. That's yep. just the way the NFL works. That's just the way the league is set up. I hate it. I missed back in the day when you could take a running back in the top five because every position mattered and teams are more well-rounded. They're not mm -hmm. anymore. And that's unfortunate. But if you want to win games, you got to play the game. And that's Jaden Daniels and, or whichever quarterback I'm also, we talked about this before and Daniels might go too. it might be Drake May. You got to take the quarterback. That was one of your best rants Thank of you. this entire series. That was fantastic. No, no, it's basically my entire draft philosophy for this year laid out. I'm gonna. I might piss you off a little bit with this one, but you know, okay. playing devil's advocate for the sake of conversation. Yeah. Would you have any interest in no. Russ? And I will throw Kirk Cousins into that mix as well. Nope. No? So I'll actually give you another guy. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I'm out on. He's he's what 35, 36. He's coming off a torn Achilles. Like if you, if they were to draft somebody in the first round, and you're going to tell me Kirk Cousins is the bridge guy and he's here to mentor the younger guy, like I could get into that. Um, with Russ, it's kind of the same thing. Like if he's here, but I don't think he's going to sign to be a bridge guy. He's not going to sign with no. a team that's drafting a first you, round. Like guy. Russ as a mentor sounds genuinely terrible. Right. Terrible. <laughs> if you're going to draft a short mobile quarterback 
who is just all over the map and completely unpredictable. Or sorry, if you're going to sign a short mobile quarterback who's totally uh, all over the map and completely unpredictable, go give me Kyler Murray at that point. And I'm not saying I want Kyler Murray, but Russ is old. He's been hurt. He hasn't played well the last few years. He's a head case. He's going to want a decent amount of money. You can't draft somebody because you don't want to piss them off. No, no, I, no. I, I, I'm, I'm out on Russell Wilson. There probably are teams he makes sense for in the league. Uh, I think Atlanta would be a great fit for him. That's mm, one team uh, because yeah. they run a good offense for him, and and he, much like Arthur Smith, just does not consider throwing to tight ends ever. So that's kind of a match made in heaven. Um, yeah, Atlanta makes sense. Um, I had one other one, and I don't remember who it was, but I, I had one other one in my head. Oh, Seattle. If they're done with Geno Smith, like if Geno Smith, that they're like, yeah, we want to reset it, maybe he goes back there. Although I don't know what his and Pete's relationship is like. But, yeah, uh, I, I I don't need to see Russ in New England. We we already did Cam Newton. I'm, I'm good on totally that. Agree. All right, so now the last scenario that we're going to talk about was if they went out. If they went out, it most – and this is uh, – you know, to make this interesting, Bill O'Brien mentioned how Zappi is getting better. Bill Belichick said Zappi is getting better. And again, last week was a legitimately good performance. In Pittsburgh, we talked about it. I still had my questions where I was like, I think he got lucky on a few of those throws. I didn't like the decisions. I thought he was really slow processing. And there's still issues. But the highs were like, oh, no, this is very real. And he cut way down on the turnover-worthy plays. He had the opening fumble. Didn't have another one after that. And that is significant because the whole thing Belichick said is protecting the football. That's your first job as the quarterback because you touch the ball more than anybody else. So if he gets better and you see, oh, he's playing well against the Bills. He's playing well against the Jets. Those are two of the best defenses in the uh, Maybe not the Bills necessarily, but they're a good defense. They're well coached. Jets are one of the better defenses in the entire league and they're in your division. So that's a pretty significant showcase. If he wins out, has like 100 passer rating in both games, and you're looking and saying, I'm seeing the progress. It's not perfect, but, you know, he's showing me something very real. Do you still say, I don't care? I would rather have a guy who's proven he could at the very least be a great backup and maybe even a good starter, and then you get a guy, a quarterback, who you get in the draft, and you say, you know, this is the athletic freak. Where if Bailey Zappi doesn't work out, then you know we're still in a really good position. And this is considering if they had a top nine pick. So they'd probably have to trade up or they'd have to stay in package Jaden Daniels or something like that. Or do you say, no, Zappi has really shown me something. I want to stick with this guy. He's going to be cheap. And then you go and get your Joe Alt or your Marvin Harrison Jr. Trade up and get the quarterback. Everything I said still applies. Yep. Get up and okay. Daniels go. You got to get him. It's it's playing game in the, in, in the NFL. You got to go. And we just kind of went through it. Like there aren't as many teams in, in need of a quarterback as you'd think. Go up and get the quarterback. You got to do it. Not even like wait to get like a Michael Pruitt or something or like a bow or somebody like that. Like you're saying, no, get your top quarterback. No, the drop from Jaden Daniels to Michael Penn. Everybody knows I like Michael Penix. The gap mm -hmm. between Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix is significant. You're talking about a, a different kind of player. All right. That's fair enough. All right. So went through the scenarios, what we want personally. I'm with you. Like Bailey Zappi needs to knock my freaking socks off for me to say, okay, no, you know, he's your guy. Just because it's still not a big sample size. Like, we saw how Sloy was out of the gate, but again, like, he is getting better week to week. So, if he shows us something crazy that, like, nobody expected, then, 
I'll give it some more sincere thought, but right now I still think you got to get your quarterback because this league is run by the quarterbacks who can create outside of structure, can make plays, not just with their athleticism, but also with their arm talent and things like that. Bailey can make a lot of throws, but he doesn't have the kind of arm where you're saying, okay, he can roll out this way and absolutely kill us downfield. So yeah, we're on the same page there. Before we move on to the college football playoff preview, quick word from our friends at SeatGeek. We'll be back. Here for the best deal on Celtics tickets, and with over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports festivals, and more. With the NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons of full swing, you don't want to miss out. SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Plus, artists like Travis Scott are on tour. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good and red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. So as you know, I always come through for you guys. You can use my code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you check the link in the description to download the app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Alex. So the first game we're talking about Monday, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We got Alabama versus Michigan. For Alabama, you gave me your list of players that we need to watch. I don't know these guys super well. You're the college guy, as we know. So I'll list some of these guys. You give us the breakdown and things that people need to know heading into the game. For Alabama, you've got offensive tackle J.C. Latham, wide receiver Jermaine Burton, and safety Malachi Moore. Tell us about those guys and why you think they'd be good on the Patriots. Yeah, so first off, I'll just say it's funny. Of the four teams, I have the fewest Alabama players of any team as players yeah. for the Patriots. That may sound crazy, but all of Alabama's top players are defensive players. And the Patriots need offense, right? Shocker. So these are my, like, don't give me like Dallas Turner, Kool-Aid McKinstry players to watch very good top 15 picks, but probably not for the Patriots. So that's just kind of the context we're doing this in. Uh, JC Latham in theory, Patriot six, six, three sixty, two years of starting experience, just a mauler of a right tackle. Trent Brown, like at least as a you know, football without the wise, attitude problem, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> the problem is, he's like a he's projected to go in like the 10 to 15 range, so he's kind of in between for the Patriots. You're either trading back or you're trading way up to make him your second pick, which would be tough. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. the kind of maybe, you know, watch him because who knows, maybe he has a good combine. Maybe old Sean or Joe Alt kind of fall back or something. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, he looks like a Patriot. He definitely mm-hmm. looks like a Patriot. So when when we thought the Patriots might be okay this year, when we thought they were going to be like an eight, nine, nine, and eight team, like JC Latham was my guy for the Patriots. Uh, Jermaine Burton, fun receiver for Alabama. So Bama's not the receiver factory right now that it had been mm-hmm. the, the previous few years. Uh, the re that goes for a number of reasons, such as the, the transfer portal kind of caught saving off guard and things like that. But Burns a good player. He's a Georgia transfer. So he spent two years at Georgia transferred to Alabama, uh, deep threat 35 catches this year for 777 yards. And I think it's like nine or 10 touchdowns. 20 yards a catch. 22.2. Yes. Um, six foot 194. So he's not big, but he plays bigger than that size. Like you think of a guy like that is just like a burner. Like he's going to run past people. Mm. Burton is surprisingly competitive at the catch point going up for jump balls. Mm. He had a catch in the sec championship in the end zone on a deep post where he goes and like muscles through a safety to get to the football and make the catch. That's pretty much it. Like he's Mm. not a super detailed route runner. He's not a guy that's going to make a ton of impact. Uh, in the short and intermediate part of the field over the middle. And if you're still running Bill O'Brien's offense, that may not be kind of the guy you're looking for. But if the Patriots want to reset the wide receiver room and are just looking for talent, a guy that's probably going to go late day two, early day three. Now his interviews are going to be big. He's seen as kind of a hothead. There was an issue with him where when they lost in Tennessee last year, fans stormed the field and he kind of sort of like shoved a fan and it was a whole thing. He's apologized for it since, but like he's going to get asked about that. So that could impact his range where he could get up into that fringe top 50. If teams don't like what he has to say about it, he could fall a lot further down. Um, but I, I think somebody who appreciates explosive offense, like I see him in Miami and I'm like, this mm. guy is a third receiver. In Miami would eat. Can the Patriots get it? He's not going to solve other wide receiver problems, but if they're, mm. let's say they new GM comes in, all right, I got to clean this thing out. We're going to get rid of Parker. We're going to get rid of Juju. We're going to get rid of Taekwondo. We're going to rebuild the room. Uh, would not be a bad, you cross your fingers there, would not be a, again, not your number one, still got to add, but I, I think would be a, a fun player, a decent player to add and kind of have as an ancillary piece. And then, yeah, I did put one DJ player on here, Malachi Moore, just because if Bill is still here, it, it, it's Bill's pick. Like, like he is, he is, Bill's pick. He is that kind of rover in the Alabama always has that one guy that plays box, plays slot, plays some deep. He's playing up at the line of scrimmage. He's playing in all situations. Like he's just always on the field. He's always around the football. It's from a variety of different assignments from a variety of different alignments, but he's on the field making plays. It was Brian branch last year, right? This is Mm -hmm. the guy that kind of stepped into Brian branch's role. Malachi Moore. I'd like to see the Patriots get a true free safety and we'll get to a guy who I think maybe fits that, but Mm. we know Bill has no problem just hoarding box safeties and Malachi Moore box safety from Alabama who plays all over the field. Uh, Yeah. That's just such a bill pick. I just hit on like so many bill Belichick buzzwords. (laughs) That's the guy he's projected to go probably early on day three. I don't think he cracks the top 100, but you're talking about probably anywhere from the middle of the fourth round to the end of the fifth. Hell yeah. All right. Especially Kyle Duggar. We have no idea what his situation is going to be. Jalen Mills probably gone. So he's probably more of a hybrid corner than Duggar. 
like imagine like a bigger bigger miles bryant and there's another guy i have a comp for miles bryant that we'll get to but like kind of a a bigger more athletic like miles bryant's skill set but bigger and more athletic is i think where malachi more probably sits not much bigger not much more athletic but a little bit Okay. All right. So Michigan. Now these are longer lists. I'll name them off just for the sake of time. You can give me like your top three and why you're yeah. most excited about them. But so people know who to look for. So Michigan, we've got quarterback JJ McCarthy running black. <laughs> that was such a trap. I love being black <laughs> in these situations. Running back Blake Corum, <laughs> running back Donovan Edwards, wide receiver Roman Wilson, defensive back Mike Sanrisidi. Mike, uh, Mike Sanrisidi still. Sanderson, okay, that was a tough one. My font is not nearly big enough. And safety, Rod Moore. So, yeah, of that group, give me your top three. So, yeah, uh, look, I'll just kind of fly through quick. McCarthy, everybody knows how I feel about him. He's got to prove it, actually throwing the ball against a better defense. If he gets, you know, we'll see what he does to Alabama. Um, The running backs, Patriots are going to need a running back. They're going to need a running Mm -hmm. back with Ramondre in a contract year if they don't pay him. I loved Blake Corum for them last year. He hurt his knee late in the season, unfortunately and end up going back to school. He's been excellent. He reminds me a lot of Ramondre coming out. I think he's a similar kind of player. Had 1,800 yards last year before he hurt his knee. Or sorry, 1,400 mm-hmm. rushing, 1,800 total. Uh, Donovan Edwards plays a lot too. They really, This is the best you know backfield tandem in college football. Uh, more of a pass catcher, 30 catches this year. Uh, both are early day three picks. I think they both are prototypical Patriots. Uh, Roman Wilson, Kai, I, I, I sort of just talked about... Uh, Right. We just talked about Jermaine Burton. Everything mm-hmm. I said about Jermaine Burton minus the top flight speed. So okay. really physical receiver, uh, likes to go down the field. Excellent at the catch point. Uh, he basically like he needs to be better pre-catch, if that makes sense. So the release, the route running, he's good at the catch point. He's very good at the catch point. He's good after the catch. He runs hard. Also very mm-hmm. physical blocker. Guy's tenacious. But so he's he's a football player, but he's raw. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'd say mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it. Um, so, you know, just a, a player I've liked watching. I don't know how much he's a fit for the Patriots, but I've always just enjoyed his game. Uh, Mike Sane was still to me, if you're going to take one Patriot, uh, one pick from this list, he's up there. So Everett high grad Massachusetts guy, um, first three years at Michigan was a slot receiver and mm-hmm. was pretty good at it in 2021. He had like 30 catches, uh, moved to defense in 2022. Didn't skip a beat. You, you talk about versatility, and I know I just kind of raved about it with Malachi Moore, but Sane was still uh, six foot, so he plays the boundary, he plays the slot, he plays box safety, he plays deep safety, supremely athletic, great length. Uh, he's Whoa. still kind of raw just because he's only been playing defensive back for two years. And he's like, moving him all over the place, so it takes it makes it harder to learn any one position. Like, I watch him, and like I see flashes of a guy like Jalen Mills. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's exactly the comp because he is still so raw. It's hard to make one, but yeah, Mike Sainer still love him for the Patriots. And then Rod Moore is their free safety. And like I said, I, I'd love for the Patriots to get um, uh, a true free safety, try to start replacing Devin McCourty, uh, more multi-year starter logged 1400 snaps in that time. He was only penalized once only missed 13 tackles just to really discipline technically sound knows what he's looking at kind of football player. Uh, both of those, uh, most of these guys, by the way, so I said the running backs are early day three picks. Roman mm-hmm. Wilson's probably an early to mid day three pick saying still will go. He might go late day two, but probably early day three in, um, 
Rod Moore is projected to be a day two pick. He's one of the top free safeties in this class. All right. So moving on to the 845 game, we got Texas versus Washington. For Texas, you got quarterback Quinn Ewers. Hey, I'm just going to teach something. Mm. You can do Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, or Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl. Oh, you, you want to uh, refer to them as that? Because that's what they are. Okay. If you want to call the Rose okay. Bowl the granddaddy of them all. Um, it's one of the, I don't know why it's just, it feels like football hardo to call it like to say like, and in the, the sugar, this is the, uh, the Rose bowls, Alabama, Michigan, the sugar bowls, Texas, Washington. Have I earned the right though? Cause I'm Absolutely. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. World. Like, that's what I'm okay. saying. Like you've earned the right to be that kind of college football hardo and, and, and call them the bowl games. All right. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So I'll try again in the sugar bowl. Love it. Sugar bowl, sugar bowl, sugar bowl. We got Texas. We're looking at quarterback Quinn Ewers, wide receiver, Xavier worthy. We've talked about those guys a ton on this show. Yeah. Wide receiver, AD Mitchell, wide receiver, Jordan Whittington, tight end, Jatavian Sanders and offensive tackle, Christian Jones. What do you got? So we've talked about Ewers. So I'll kind of just, you know, go quickly with him, but he's was projected to be a first round pick. Kind of had an up and down year. He had a shoulder injury at one point, missed some games. Right now is projected to go early on day two. Not a bad spot, but a guy of his pedigree was expected to be, I think like in the last 10 years, he's like the second highest high school recruit, ranked high school recruit of all time behind mm -hmm. only Trevor Lawrence. Like he was one of those Jeez. generational, right? He had an NIL deal as a senior in high school. We're talking about this kind of guy. Uh, he wants to be a first round pick. And mm -hmm. We talked earlier about next year's draft class. If he goes back to school, he probably will end up being a first round pick. That being said, Washington, like if he plays well against Washington, great. It's really Alabama or Michigan. So he beats mm -hmm. Washington. He gets a shot at two elite defenses, one of two elite defenses. If he tears that up, he's probably a first round pick. And now what are you going back to school for? And you got Arch Manning yeah. waiting there. You're going to have to hold off and whatever. So uh, I feel pretty good about who yours is. He's kind of like a fringy athletic uh, really gutsy quarterback. Like he's, he's got a lot of fun traits. He just needs to show that he can be consistent enough in those traits over the course of a game against mm -hmm. a good defense. That's what we're waiting on with him. Uh, wide receivers for this team, the skill position, super fun. Xavier worthy, AD Mitchell, Jatavian Sanders, all going to be top 50 picks worthy. Mm -hmm. Maybe sneaks in the first round. I think I almost gave you a heart attack last time when I told you he's a <laughs> taller Zay flowers, but that's who he yeah. is. That's really who he is. He's super fun. If the Patriots want to go more true X, try to replace Devontae Parker, uh, A.D. Mitchell, 6'4", 200 pounds. He is fat. He's not a burner, but he's not slow. The mm -hmm. Honestly, the comp for him, I just said replacing Devontae Parker is like prime Devontae Parker. Like, okay. Devont like think Devontae Parker, that one game against Stephon Gilmore. I think yeah. that's yeah. kind of the player <laughs> you're hoping to get if you draft A.D. Mitchell. So do you want like, like true burner speed? and elusiveness and agility and finesse or do you want size and power and like not slow but he's not Xavier Worthy's gonna be like a four three guy right ad mm -hmm. mitchell's probably gonna run in the four fives which for a guy that's six four yeah you take that uh and then yeah. davion sanders really good well-rounded tight end six four 250 good not great blocker but he has the tools to get great once he's coached up he's good blocking in space he needs to be a better inline blocker but Bill O'Brien's offense with some of the creative stuff they do with pulling and getting out to the edge. I think Jadavian Sanders could totally function in that run game. Uh, and then he is just, you talk about top tier freak athlete. 
I know the athletic every year does that list of like the 50 biggest freak athletes in the draft. Uh, I mm. would expect Jadavian Sanders to end up on that list. You go and you watch some of his clips from high school, man. Uh, it is Texas high school football. He's from Texas. He's not oh. like playing scrubs. Um, legit. Yeah. He's like palming the football over his head, jumping up at the goalpost. Like it's this dude is, is built to be a tight end and, and he is going to be in the like RAS score, all of that. He should knock all that out of the park. Are really fun in that regard. And Christian Jones, we talked about J.C. Latham as kind of that Trent Brown comp. Mm -hmm. Christian Jones is in. It's funny. I, I tell Evan this all the time, and I'm, now I'm doing shows with other people. I got to explain it. Um, there's like tears in the draft of certain players, right? So mm -hmm. last year you had like the the Zay Flowers tier, where mm -hmm. Zay Flowers was your first round guy. If you want that kind of player. Zay Flowers is your day one guy. You had Tank Dell was your day two guy. Demario Douglas, we called day three Zay. That's what we called him. Mm -hmm. That's what he was. Yeah. Uh, Christian Jones is your day. He's kind of fringe day two, day three, but we'll call him uh, uh, top 150. Christian okay. Jones is like your top 150 uh, uh, J.C. Latham, where mm -hmm. big guy, big dude, 6'6", 330, Two years of starting, at, uh, three years starting as a right tackle, one year starting as a left tackle. He's probably a right tackle in the NFL. As mm -hmm. a run blocker, he's up there among the best in this class. He's got some work to do as a pass blocker, and that's why he's going on day three. He's a project guy. He'll be at the Senior Bowl, so the Patriots have a good look at him. But mm -hmm. if they do want to, and I don't think they should wait on a tackle, but if they want to wait on a tackle or they want to double up and add a project guy later on, like they love to do <laughs> like, like Christian Jones is such the guy that they take in like the fourth round bury for two years. They're like, why the hell did they take this guy? And then he's a starter for the next like eight, like Christian yeah. Jones strikes me as that kind of prospect. So, but, but he'll be playing in this game and he'll be Washington's defense isn't great. They have some great pass rushers. Braylon mm -hmm. Trice specifically stands out. He's going to be tested, Christian Jones, with NFL talent in this game. He's certainly a player to watch. That'll be an exciting one. All right. Last but not least, we got Washington. We got quarterback Michael Penix, of course, wide receiver Roma Dunze, wide receiver Jalen Polk. Again, these are guys we've talked about a ton on this show. Yeah. Running back Dylan Johnson, offensive tackle uh, Troy Fautanu. Uh, he declared it was a week or two ago. And cornerback yeah. Jabbar Muhammad. What do you got? So we've talked about Penix a bunch. Everybody knows where I'm at on him. Kind of the same thing with Knicks here where we know what he is. It's about establishing draft position, it, locking himself in as QB4, locking himself in as a first-round pick, a good performance against Alabama or Michigan. It's kind of just basically being like, yeah, I know I'm 24. Yeah, I have too many injuries, but are you really going to pass on all this talent? Like, look what I did mm -hmm. to Alabama. Are you really going to pass on this? That's kind of what uh, Michael Penix is trying to do in, in this mm -hmm. playoff. Everybody knows Roma Dunze too, another guy I love. I've compared him to Stefan Diggs. I just think he's such a good, well-rounded receiver. Uh, Texas's corners aren't great. He should eat in that game. And then if he gets to Alabama, and I know I keep saying both offenses are going to light it up and people are like, well, you know, one team has to win, Alex. I know. I think they're going to score a combined like 110 points in this game. I think oh this is God. going to be uh, an absolute shootout. I think this is going to be an electric football game. I'm so excited for it. Uh, Dunze should have a, a very big game. I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Super well-rounded guy. Jalen Polk to me, late day two, early day three, super interesting prospect for the Patriots because he reminds me a lot of Jacoby Myers. Whereas no. he's, 
I would say he's more a chain mover. Like he's not a big play threat. That's just not mm. really his game. He's a chain mover and he's really good. He's, he, he's got good size, six, two. He's got very strong hands, an excellent catch radius. Now, the reason I hesitate to compare him to Jacoby is Jacoby was elite at reading his own, finding the hole and sitting down. Polk's not there yet. He's not seeing defenses at close to that level yet. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually an area I'd consider him pretty raw. If you can coach him up on that regard, I think you're looking at a Jacoby Myers kind of player. Again, late day two, early day three guy. If the Patriots want to try to find somebody with a similar skill set, physically, Polk has a lot of comps. It's just getting mentally getting him caught up to that point, which for Jacoby, now he was a quarterback, so it was a lot easier for him. Yeah. But yeah. He, Even it took him a while. Like he had the yeah. he did the Cam Newton pep talk to really like kind of have everything click. Right. Uh Fatanu. So there's a bunch of tackles who are gonna go like late first, early second round. The senior bowl is gonna be big. All these guys are gonna be at the senior bowl. Uh, and when you talk about sorting that group out, and I just want to pull up uh my list of names here. I apologize, but you have right now projected to go between 20 and 50. So this is 30 spots. Amarius Mims, uh uh, Talise Fugawa, Troy Fatanu, Kingsley, I can't pronounce the last name from BYU, Jordan Morgan, Tyler Guyton, Patrick Paul. All those guys are going to go about in a 30 to 50 pick range. And it's a question of which order do they go in? And Fatanu is going to be in that mix. So if you're somebody who thinks the Patriots, uh, you know, quarterback in the first round, tackle in the second or trade up and get a tackle. This is the guy you're looking at. Uh, experience, two-year starter at left tackle, athlete, flexible. He's not... Size isn't a negative, but it's not a positive. He's 6'4", 317. But he's, he's long, 20. though, right? He's sorry, long, sorry. but no, 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 you're good. Ask as many questions, like cut in. That's what this <laughs> is for. I hope I'm not, like, you know, pushing you out. Uh, yeah. 6'4", 317, good, not great length. We'll see what he measures in at, but it's like he's tw- he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie, so he's probably maxed out physically. Like, this isn't a guy. You're not going to bring him in and transform his body. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much getting the player you're getting. So high floor, low ceiling tackle, but may- maybe that's what the Patriots want. Maybe they say, look, we're making a choice to pass on Joe Alt, no Lufushana. We just want a guy we can plug and play and we can just mm-hmm. put in there over the course of his rookie contract next four years and forget about. And then we save uh, the most depth player for last. Jabbar Muhammad is a fringe day three pick trending UDFA. He has come on incredibly strong these last few weeks playing boundary corner for Washington against some good offenses. Uh, he's closed the season strong, two picks, six pass breakups over the final three games. He's been excellent in man specifically. His ball mm-hmm. skills are excellent. He's really good. Like once the ball's in the air, kind of taking it away from wide receiver, uh, opposing quarterbacks have a passer rating of 61 when targeting him this year, 52 specifically in man. All right. So why is he supposed to go undrafted Uh three-year starter? transferred from Oklahoma state to Washington last year, that Oklahoma state defense, the way they play, there's not a lot of translation to the NFL. So there's really kind of just one year of tape. He did have some Rocky games in there as well, as well as he played mm-hmm. at the end. He wasn't super consistent and he's five ten, and that's going to be part of the big knock. So he's a perfect Patriot. <laughs> well, right. So yeah, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, he reminds me a lot uh, of uh, last year. If you remember Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, the yeah, corner yeah. from TCU who won the Lombardi award is the best corner in the country, but was five, eight. And it was like, well, are we, we really going to play him on the boundary in the NFL? This was also miles. Bryant, miles. Bryant mm-hmm. had a great career at Washington. But he was exclusively a boundary corner. 
and he went undrafted because everybody's like, we're not going to play this 5'9 guy on the boundary in the NFL. Patriots don't play him on the boundary a ton. They kind of move him around. And maybe that's what they'd end up, probably what they'd end up doing with Muhammad if they added him. But they'll play a 5'10. Muhammad's 5'10. He's a little bigger than Miles Bryant. John Jones is 5'10. They have no problem playing him on the boundary. Um, Now, John Jones is much faster. Muhammad doesn't have that quite top flight speed. But I just look at a guy that has really good ball skills, has had good production, plays in a, at a program in a system the Patriots like he, this is, I said earlier, I have a guy that I think is a really good comp for miles Bryant. All things considered Jabbar Muhammad reminds me a ton of miles Bryant. I think you could have a very similar career and I think new England would be a great landing spot for him. And again, this is a guy that's probably late day three UDFA. Maybe he moves up a little bit if he does well in, in the pre-draft process, but this is the the corner the Patriots had that nobody's paying attention to. And then all of a sudden, like midway through the year, we're like, you know, he's making a bunch of plays Jabbar Muhammad. So, and, and he'll obviously, you know, Washington, Texas, I'm sure we'll see him some on Xavier worthy. I'm sure we'll see him some on, mm-hmm. on AD Mitchell, uh, Jordan Whittingham is Texas's third receiver. Who's also a good player. Uh, he's going to get truly tested in this game. So let's see if he plays well, then yeah, you're probably looking at a guy that is solidified as a draft pick and, and goes into camp with a chance to win a spot. If he gets blown up in this game, you know, maybe the last few weeks were just the best he is. And it was a fluke. And uh, all right, it was, we wasted the last five minutes talking about him and we move on. I mean, the Patriots have a lot of question marks at cornerback. They just claimed yeah. Marco Wilson because their depth is shot. John Jones has been battling injury. It feels like for years at this point, Miles Bryant's reaching for agency. Marcus Jones has been hurt for the past two seasons. We have no idea what's going on there. So if there is anybody who's going to turn an undersized uh, boundary corner into a suitable player in the NFL, it's probably going to be the Pats. Seems like a great fit. All right, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Alex, please let the people know what you got coming down the pipeline, what they should be looking out for. So I'll actually be dropping a full written piece on all these players tomorrow morning on 98.5thesportsub.com. And uh, I'm going to make Evan talk about it on Catch-22 as well. (laughs) So that'll be tomorrow morning on on Patriots.com. Tune into those. Thank you, buddy. See you next week. I'll see you tomorrow, but we'll see you next week. We're going to have games to talk about. We're going to have a ton to talk about next week. It's been a minute. And the Mayo Bowl. We're going to see a grown man get watered down mayo dumped on his head for winning a football game. Do you game. see they have a uh, soft serve machine in the in the press box at the Mayo Bowl? Is it? Does mayo come out? No, ice cream. Oh, my God. But Actual ice cream. Okay, I got really scared for a second. It's mayonnaise flavored. What the? God. <laughs> I can't Dude, even say what I want to say on air. That's, the Mayo Bowl, no. the Mayo Bowl is the like that's what non-playoff bowl game should be. It's all about the pomp and circumstance, dude. It's it's great. Oh God! All right, all right. I, I I'm learning. And, I'm and, learning. And Drake May's there. He's not God, playing, but he's there. That's true. So we'll we'll see him on the sideline. Get all the body language analysis yeah. and all that going. But <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. Always appreciate you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Stay away from mayonnaise. We'll see you next time. Peace, everybody.